0: The Will Kane Show Podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all other purchases.
1: The Ryan Rossillo Show Podcast.
2: That's right, it is the first of the month. I lose track sometimes. I had to look at my phone today. I go, that's right, it's December. Remember when you're a kid? You're like 25 days, man, I'm freaking out. Um that's not what I'm doing now. But I don't have a Speaking of trees, uh, I'm monitoring Christmas trees outside of head coaches' houses. Jimbo Fisher update. That's how I started, I think, about 10 minutes ago. Literally 30 seconds ago, I put down my phone to monitor the latest story on the Tennessee football saga, which I could lead the show with. I could lead every single hour with. I will not do that. I will get to it in 10 minutes. So 10 minutes Curry, A.D., out. What does this mean? A political, a military coup, perhaps, with Philip Fulmer. The payback in this story is awesome. This is a movie now. I mean, you know, I hate that cliche of, oh, if you brought it to Hollywood, they never even believe the script. Okay, well, you know, they also did a movie about Transformers. So, I think um, I think a lot of this stuff actually does, they, they greenlight a lot of this stuff. So, don't worry about it. So, I could start with Tennessee. I'm not. Tiger is back, folks. Tiger Woods. Monitoring that, Rasulas Show, it's ESPN Radio. Time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. The reason I bring up the Christmas tree is that, yes, Jimbo Fisher, right now, there is a picture of his front lawn where his Christmas tree is put outside with garbage. So either that tree just wasn't going to cut it, or we could be waiting on something a lot bigger where it feels like everybody thinks Jimbo's headed to Texas AM to go work with an AD that he knew at LSU. And we have that one. So we have all of this stuff that we have to monitor. But I want to start with the college football conference championship games. I want to talk about the committee. And I want to talk about why in life and something that I've hit on before that we all kind of think the things are stacked against us. Now, I'd like to be more positive, And it's great. I love positive thinkers. Sometimes I think they're just detached from reality because I feel like life a lot of times is set up to kind of jam you up, man. Now, it's great if you can trust your family, your friends, your wife, You hope. But there's just a lot of stuff along the way that's kind of set up for us to go, oh, man, this again. And I'll get to some of these things. But I remember, and I've told this story I think twice before, and I can't keep track of this stuff. I have Sir Rudy around for that. But there was a time when I was talking to a bunch of different television writers, and you know, they'd say, you know, a lot of times what you got to do with those shows on, those sitcoms, those shows that are on late at night, you got to have the characters win, all right? So Kevin can wait, or what was it before, King of Queens? I think it's kind of the same show, right? So, all right, he's, he's working for UPS. He's getting your packages to you. He's hoping to get them on time. Something's wrong with a truck. Maybe a friend gets laid off. There's something going on with the family. At the end of the 30 minutes, Kevin wins. Kevin wins. And that's what people want in life. They want wins. And that's why every single fan base, every college football fan base, we love all of you, even though you're all crazy, The reason why I have a job, because you care about this stuff so much, and the reason I like my job is because I care about this stuff so much, even though I went to Vermont, we don't have a team. But you just think at some point, especially because it's not a computer anymore, that it's a committee, and we're in year four of this stuff, that they're just going to screw you over. They're not going to understand your team as well as you understand your team. Now, you may have a moment deep down, say if you're an Ohio State fan, where you go, I don't know if we're that good, but damn, if I'm going to concede to Alabama fans. Like, yeah, I know we got two losses, but you guys don't even leave the state. And Alabama's like, okay, fine, but we play neutral site games against really good teams all the time. And Ohio State's like, whatever, we've been to USC, we've been to Cal, we've been to Miami, we went to Oklahoma, and that's why we lost. We shouldn't even have done that thing. So you're worried if you're the Ohio State fan, and I may pick Wisconsin, by the way, just for the hell of it later in the show today. But if you're an Ohio State fan, you're going to go, we won the Big Ten, and we went to go play Oklahoma, and please understand us a little bit more. And if you get left out, it's not going to be because your team has two losses and maybe your quarterback looks really inconsistent except for that time against Penn State. You're not going to admit to any of the stuff that may be true about your team, but you're just going to feel like you got screwed over if somebody else gets in there, and that is life. If you ask Kirby Hokut, who we have on every week, and we try to figure out how they put this thing together, and the only thing I've learned in interviewing him and then Jeff Long prior to him every week in this slot for three, now four years, is that they're never going to be locked into anything. They're never going to tell you, this is exactly how I feel about this team, and this is a criteria that will carry over year after year. It changes all the time, and because it's a committee and you don't like it and you don't trust it because you just don't trust life, you start thinking, you guys are just its a moving target. You're making it up all along. Okay, so let's talk to Kirby. Kirby, what do conference championships mean?
3: Conference championships are are hard to win. What about head-to-head? At this point in the season, that head-to-head matchup uh, is important to the selection committee and will continue to be important to the selection committee.
4: How often do things change? It's uh, week-to-week things change uh, within this game. What do you look at, though? We look at uh, everything
3: from the performance on the field that we're watching these games each and every week to strength of schedule uh, to quality wins. And then the losses uh, do come into discussion.
2: Okay, so we learn nothing, all right? Four questions, four bites, and I'm not knocking Kirby. I like him a lot, but he has a job, and his job, first and foremost, is never to be locked down to any criteria because, guess what? The criteria changes every year. It's not, hey, we have two losses and we're a conference champ. It is. How does that stack up in 2017, not 2015, not 2016? But I still always feel like when we hear this from you, is it's not reality of is your team good or not. It's are we going to get screwed because I feel like every day we're walking around this country going, how can I avoid it? You go to a hotel, you go to check out. What's the $70 fee for parking? Oh, sir, it's $35 a night. Yeah, I didn't have a car. My mistake. You know how many times I've looked at that now and then thought, I need to start checking this a little bit more. You get a new credit card. What's this bill for 40 bucks a month? Oh, that's complimentary enrollment into credit monitoring. What's complimentary about 40 bucks a month? I didn't sign up for that. Yeah, you had to tell us at the beginning. Yeah, I'm telling you at the beginning I didn't want this. Oh, sir, well, we're sorry. We've already charged you. This is the kind of stuff that happens to us, so we get freaked out about the little things because the big thing that matters is what's going to happen this weekend and whether or not a committee likes your team more than the other teams that are in the mix for the playoff. My all-time favorite is the sandwich check. I get screwed on the sandwich at least 50% of the time. I'm a little fussier. I don't care. I'm paying for it. And if I don't want mayo, I don't want mayo. So the other day, this past weekend, shop I really like. Make a good sandwich. I don't trust them, though. I think all the kids are hungover when they're making sandwiches the next day because I can tell. I want no cheese. I want no mayo. I order my sandwich that way? I'll tell you what I've done before. I bagged it up, left a tip, headed home. Opened it up, mayo everywhere. I'm chucking it. I'm not getting back in the car. And I go through a really weird freakout for about 20 minutes where I am super mad, way too mad, unhealthy mad. But I do it, and I do it every time they screw up my sandwich, and it makes me more mad than it should. So this time, I opened up the sandwich in front of the server, and I checked to make sure there was no cheese, no mayo. And she looked at me, and she goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm sorry. I, I don't trust you. And I think that's kind of what life is about. And I think that's kind of what college football is about. And that's exactly what's happening with eight, maybe nine of you teams right now. Nine of you fan bases where you're going, if my team wins and they're not one of the projected four now, can I trust the committee to hook me up here? Or am I expecting to get screwed? And I think most of you just walk around expecting to get screwed.
1: The Ryan Russillo Show.
2: I'm not doing this to try to seem cool, uh, but I want him to be honest. You can tell me I'm wrong. You can, but I, I already kind of know where this is going, so I probably wouldn't be brave enough to just ask you without presenting. So I'll get to this whole thing. This is all going to be about Tennessee, okay? This is all going to be about Tennessee. It's not going to be fun for Vols fans, but I'm not going to do the "You're the worst," "You're the worst," "You're the worst" for eight straight minutes because you can get that anywhere else. And I'm not even saying that people are necessarily wrong for knocking what Tennessee is doing right now. I don't have, I don't have that segment. I don't have that. Hey, actually, everyone, this is what you're missing. And this is why the Tennessee thing is awesome, because it isn't. The Rosillo Show here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. More independent agents sell Progressive Insurance than any other brand. Find an agent at Progressive.com. Now that's Progressive. Okay, so you and I have worked together for a long time, producing the show now uh, for a bit, and would you say that off the air, there's stuff that I tell you, as we're just talking about stuff that's going on in sports, and it's usually college football stuff, but Mostly NBA, so it's usually just those two sports. That sometimes there's some stuff that's like really like, hey man, this is what I'm hearing is going on right now, and I don't always get to share it on the air because again, I'm not really a reporter, and I won't do it unless I know. All the time, like cool stuff, right? Yeah. So stuff you that we can't I, ever repeat that. That I can't ever repeat, okay? Because it'll be it'll be something where I go, hey, eventually this may happen. We're trying to figure out segments around it, but I can't just come flat out and say. The Warriors are going to get Durant, all right? The best is when you know something, the staff knows something, but whoever's co-hosting that day does not know that fact going into the show. That's not a great spot for them to be Yeah, at. no, it's, some, it's happened a few times. It does. And it's like, do you tell them what Ryan knows, or do you just kind of let it happen? Usually I well, just let it happen. Because I don't want to ruin their take, but then I won't be a jerk. I don't think I'm, like, sometimes I can be a jerk about it. All right, so let's not, I can't be lying to myself here and lying to the audience, but you go, mm, not sure that's what's happening there. You know, but there are times where I'll say something and I'm saying it because I think that this is sort of what's going to happen. All right. So the whole point, this long winded deal here, I'm sorry, is that throughout the week, I've gotten text about three different coaches now, three different coaches at Tennessee. So we know what happened with Shiano. okay? disaster. No way around it. Disaster. I'm still convinced most of you just didn't want Shiano because it was Shiano. But we can debate that one. But that one's so old, man. That's five days ago. No one even cares about that one anymore. Gundy, we're getting him. Nope. He's getting raised. Cutcliffe, does he want it? Nope, wants to stay at Duke. Mullen, did you really want him? Did he really want No, I mean, he wanted to go to Florida. Florida wanted him after a time Florida didn't want him. Jeff Brom, okay, Jeff Brom done. Done deal. Jeff Brom. Nope. Dave Doran, okay, now it's a done deal. Now it's a done deal. Nope. And the story today is that John Curry went out to the West Coast, the AD for Tennessee, came to an agreement with Washington State's Mike Leach and if Bruce Feldman is tweeting stuff and telling you about what Mike Leach might be doing or thinking about, then it's true, okay? Nobody knows Leach better than Bruce Feldman. He says, Leach, Curry, agree to something. Curry's like, hey, good, let me head back to Tennessee. And Tennessee's like, no, 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 come back so we can fire you as the athletic director nine months after you got the job because we actually don't want Mike Leach and we don't want him back here. I've been told that it's a booster. I've been told that it's an alum. I've been told it was Curry. Whatever that group is, I don't know what that group is anymore. But a lot of this appears to be, based on stuff you're hearing and now reading about it, so it's not like you're just getting this from me, is that Philip Fulmer, the legendary coach, national championship from 92 to 2008, that he is behind all of this. That he still is so upset about being fired after 2008. And Curry, who it's not like he's new to Knoxville here, was on this staff, was part of it, and apparently was an advisor to the AD that moved on from Fulmer, that this is this massive circular power play where Fulmer's getting his way, and now people think he's going to be the AD. I'm sure some people have written that, so I'm not being completely irresponsible, and that Kevin Steele, who's the D coordinator at Auburn, could end up getting this gig, a guy that played linebacker at Tennessee. So yeah, I could make that list of people that turn this down even longer to prove my point, but sometimes it's like, stop. Stop hitting him. He's out. He's out. We don't I don't need to give you five more names of coaches that could be done here. But I think what I'd ask Tennessee fans is this. How many of you were truly upset when Philip Fulmer was fired after 2008? Because you got to look at what happened to Fulmer. Fulmer double-digit wins every season from 93, excuse me. Um Every season from two yeah, ninety five all the way I don't know, it was like 10, 11, 13 wins, thirteen and zero season, eleven and two, ten and three, ten and three. He has a preseason ranking in two thousand five of three, and they go five and six, then he goes nine and four, then he goes ten and four, wins a bowl game, and then he's five and seven and he's out in two thousand and eight. And I guarantee you most of you Vols fans that like want him back and want him back in charge were totally fine with him moving on because Philip Fulmer wasn't being judged against whether or not he's a good coach, he was being judged against peak Philip Fulmer. And he basically was canned because of two bad years out of four. And now is he somebody that is so powerful now that he can have Curry fired that this group back in Knoxville didn't want Curry calling the shots anymore? Then why is he on a plane talking to Mike Leach? Like, if you didn't want him to go out there, is he going out there by himself? Is he fired because he went out there by himself? I mean, this whole thing is insane. If there's a rule for college football coaches, it's pretty simple. you got to win in that last year. Like, think how many of you Vols fans would want Dave Doran after it looked like he was going to be fired after going, what, seven and six back-to-back years at NC State? Like, some people thought he wasn't going to stick around for another year at NC State. He does. They have a good year, not great, maybe even a little disappointing based on their talent. And now you want him, and now you don't even get him. All right, we got breaking news here, Ruscillo Show, ESPN Radio. So I had more on that, and I'm not going to do it right now um, because this is from ESPN.com. It's Mark Schlebaugh. story up on ESPN.com right now. Florida State head coach Jimbo Fisher has resigned and will be named the new coach at Texas A&M. Sources telling our Mark Schlebaugh that one he will not coach. In tomorrow's game against Louisiana Monroe, remember that game postponed because of weather, so they actually have a last regular season game. So again, Jimbo Fisher out. We saw the Christmas tree on the front lawn right before the show started. We made a joke about the Christmas tree. I guess that means the Christmas tree was a great tell here. A lot of people thought this would happen. It seemed like more and more people from Florida State wanted him to make his decision before this game Saturday. They were sick of this thing being dragged out. They had to go through it with him and LSU. So we'll have more on this. David Pollock on the Jimbo move. Everything that's happened with Tennessee. His picks for the conference championship games. Again, breaking news. Jimbo Fisher out. Headed to A&M. The
1: Ryan Rossillo Show. <laughs>
4: In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done, starting his business out of a one-room office. Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. I'm not afraid of I'm
1: And now another edition of Obvious News from GEICO. Obvious News! Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said.
4: Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in
1: Obvious News, GEICO makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them, with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's Obvious News from GEICO. Obvious News! The Ryan Rossillo Show.
2: The day started, the show started with more about Tennessee. Their athletic director out, Philip Fulmer, in play here. All sorts of stuff going on there, trying to bring back former Vols. But then just moments ago, Mark Schlebaugh, ESPN.com, reporting Jimbo Fisher resigning as head coach of Florida State, expected to take the job at Texas A&M, so that leaves Florida State with a hole. And there's all sorts of stuff coming out of Tallahassee now where players were saying they were going to transfer if – Jimbo even came back, but this has been kind of a longer saga with Jimbo and Florida State going back to the LSU flirtation a couple years ago. The Russillo Show on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, all three hours of ESPN News. Vilma's going to be stopping by here very shortly. We have David Pollack at College Game Day and the Shell Penzo performance line. So let's just start with the latest thing here. I can't ask you how much of a surprise. I don't think it's a huge surprise here, but what do you think led Jimbo to leave a place like Tallahassee to go to A&M?
0: Well... I think it's a surprise for people that aren't in this business, because I think you look at the job and you look at where he's been. And Jimbo has been there, obviously succeeding Valden and done such a great job. I mean, eight top 25 finishes four top 10s. I mean, it's just, it's been amazing and everything looks great, but there's been a back and forth with him and the administration. And, you know, you see this year where, you know, they lost and it's been a bad season and you hear, you know, fans being aggressive towards him. You could, you could tell Ryan, it rattled him. He got, he got upset at one point and, you know, you could hear him yelling back on a on a, on a video that was, that was captured. So I think there's that. Um, you know, there's, there's, the, there's the people in Florida State that have been watching the games that they feel like the defensive coordinator should be gone. They feel like the offensive line coach has struggled for several years and that changes needed to be made. Here's the thing. In the end, Jimbo Fisher is going to get paid a shoot ton of money. I mean, he's going to make a ton of money. He's going to get a long contract. And, Ryan, his clock starts over now. You know, if, if he goes to A&M and he has a bad season, it's okay. He's building a program. You know, FSU, he's gotten that to a point where there's high expectations and he has to perform on a high level. And, you know, now he gets paid. He gets a fresh start. He gets to start a new ball game. He's in the third quarter at FSU. Now he's in the first quarter at A&M and gets to go try to rebuild something. So that's what I think was behind the decision for him to do it.
2: This is kind of throwing a bunch of things at you, though, in that, yeah, you're right. Those of us that pay a lot of attention to it, this is not a huge surprise. But you go, okay. Well, who's right in this? Is Jimbo right to complain about facilities? Is Jimbo right to be frustrated with a fan base that's frustrated with him after he wins the national championship, plays in the playoff after that? And you're like, okay, I lose my starting quarterback. And, yeah, I know my O-line wasn't great, but we're always a top destination for recruits. So, like, what do you guys think's going on here? Like, I can't have one bad year? Or is Florida State right going, hey, you flirted with LSU. You almost bailed. Maybe if you got more money for your staff, you would have gone. We're sick of you complaining about facilities. We're doing fine. Like, I can't figure out whose side to take.
0: Well, I mean, is, is, it's it's pretty simple to me. Who's, who's got more to, to lose? I mean, Jimbo's going to get a job tomorrow. Florida State, you're talking about taking over for Bowden and making that job and, and doing that successfully? Who could have done that? Won a national title, has dominated. I mean, you look at his, his record in uh, ACC play, I think it's the best in, in ACC history. You know I mean? He's just, he's done a great job. And um, over the tenure, it's, it's best since he's been there. So, I mean, you just, You look at – if if I'm Florida State, I wouldn't have wanted to lose him because I know exactly what I get. Now, listen, I'm really curious to see, Ryan, how he evolves now because when you're at FSU and you got the best talent in the division or you and Clemson clearly have the best talent, I was curious to me why they didn't run more no huddle because you've got talent and you've got depth. You know, talent and depth together makes you better than everybody else in your conference you're playing against, so – um I'd like to see him evolve maybe in that aspect, but Jimbo's a great coach and if you're FSU you just go off the national championship coach, so I don't think that's good for you.
2: Yeah, but if you're at a and you can hold opponents under 30, I think that fan base would just be relieved every Saturday. What do you, <laughs> what do you <laughs> think Jack. What do you think Florida State does here?
0: I'll give you I'll give you a name that I think they'll I give you a couple of names. I think Willie Taggart will be a guy that will be named. Um you know, obviously the Florida connection. You know, I think that'll be a guy that could could come back to Florida and have a lot of success. You've seen him; he went to Oregon, had success. Now it's one year, and you know, if I was a coach, obviously I'd have a hard time going to a program for one year and then leaving because um, it kind of shows a little something about me and you know not willing to stick it out. I, I mean, I, I think that's something that I would consider not doing. Uh, another name, that's a guy that's been there for one year, is Charlie Strong. Again, Florida ties, um, knows how to recruit the state. Obviously, both those guys. Are really good coaches so I think those those are two names to keep on the radar for Florida State
2: uh, I would agree with you I, I think both I wouldn't have a problem with either one of those names and if I'm a Florida State fan I don't think you can get too bogged down in the Texas thing and be like oh well Charlie didn't work at Texas even though Willie's staff has so many Florida ties in that one year they've done a job up uh, in Eugene we got David Pollock here yep. from Game Day the Rosillo Show it's ESPN Radio is Phil is Philip Fulmer getting back at everybody that got him out of there almost 10 years ago
0: <laughs> Um, it's definitely interesting, man. I mean, you you start seeing this, and and you 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 wonder, Ryan, when's it going to end? And you know, listen, it's it's the day and age we live in where you know social media is going to poke fun, and we all we're all going to do that, and we're going to say who's who's turned down the Tennessee job today? And now it's just got to a point where you just think, what on earth is going on? And um. You know they're gonna to have to get this fixed. If, if I was them, I would take my time. I'm not. I mean, at this point, what they have, what they have to lose. I mean, you got to make sure you you get a good coach and the right guy. But there's definitely some interesting things going on with, you know, now the AD being fired and that AD going out west and not telling people about what he's doing. And you know, when you're talking about a guy that listened to the cries about Greg Schiano and how they were upset and listened to the fans and then trying to keep other stuff away from the fans so it doesn't look bad for Tennessee. And that's going to be you know, kind of will get you fired. It's Dude, that's interesting. It's obviously not a good situation right now. They're going to have to get this thing fixed quick.
2: Can we do, even though when we originally booked you, we want to do all the conference championship games, can we do the ones that matter here? Can we go rapid fire?
0: Let's do it, dog.
2: Okay. Uh, Stanford, USC tonight.
0: Um, I like Stanford tonight. Um, you know, listen, they, they Costello has brought a different element to this offense, How about and they're Bill? a lot better. How
2: he's, like, he's so much better at the beginning of the year. I feel like there's so many Stanford quarterbacks, David. Where I go, well, this isn't going to work. And then Kevin Hogan ends up in the NFL. So I, I'm yeah. <laughs> like, these guys are incredible how they develop in one year.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but okay, Ryan, I, I agree with that. But what the heck? Why wasn't this guy playing earlier? True. That's my question. I mean, why, they, they they are not even near the team they used to be. And listen, they're they're lacking weapons and defensively, they're missing playmakers. But Bryce and Bryce Love, the season he's had. If you didn't realize how valuable he was when he left and, and that offense you saw it run flat, and then you saw him come back, he's so dynamic. I wish he was fully healthy and can continue to run like he wants to. He's not even practicing, but dudes out there gritting it out and still one of the best players in college football. But I think it's going to be a good shootout, though.
2: Okay, TCU-Oklahoma, the rematch.
0: Dude, first of all, Ryan, how fun would this be if TCU won? I mean, just for, I'm talking about for playoff sakes. Um, Sunday we need something to talk about, bro. We can't have chalk win this week. I mean, we we, just, we got like 16 hours of TV that we're going to need some drama. How how curious or how interesting would it be if T, if TCU pulled this off? And now you start talking about playoff resumes. Now you got two lost TCU who lost to Oklahoma and Iowa State, and you got two lost Oklahoma who lost to TCU and Iowa State. But the difference would be at a conference, you know, Oklahoma lost, or beat an Ohio State team on their field convincingly. And then you, and you got two-loss Oklahoma versus two-loss Ohio State. So this game has a lot of effect on it. I, I, I listen and, and talk. To, you listen to Gary Patterson. You talk about Baker Mayfield, and I don't know that they have answers for him, but I know one thing, Kenny Hill better play great. They better run the football and keep the ball away from Baker Mayfield because last time it was bad. It was embarrassing.
2: So that sounds like the Sooners again. Yes. Yeah. Okay, all right. Three more. We're going to run through these SEC rematch, George auburn
0: you know what? I can draw up some great plays, Ryan, and I can look really good when I got the pen in my hand. But the bottom line is if you can't block the guys in front of you, if you can't get off blocks, how do you win the game? And, and that's how does, Georgia, how does Georgia win the line of scrimmage? Because they got dominated so bad in that first matchup. Now, listen, they had self-inflicted wounds and mistakes. And here's the thing. We don't know about on Johnson. And the reason this is even more significant because Martin, his backup was dinged up. Tedway's already out. So you're yeah. talking about going from – one of the best running backs in college football to maybe a a four-string guy, that's a huge drop-off, so that evens it out. Um, Georgia was in a position where they were number one and everybody was patting them on the back, so I think this will be actually a really, really, really competitive game, but I give the advantage to Auburn because offensive and defensive lines and the quarterback spot, they have the advantage.
2: Okay, two more, Miami-Clemson.
0: Clemson, and listen, I turn the tape on with Miami and I'm like, man, that team's really good. Then you turn the tape on the next quarter and you're like, that team is horrible. I mean, it's just there's there's too much inconsistency. Rozier throwing the deep ball um has been so up and down and you're gonna have to hit deep balls against Clemson's aggressive defense. Listen, the only way they stay in it, Kelly Bryant is not a you know, consistent passer all the time. And I can see the offense sputtering a little bit for Clemson. But let me tell you something. What have we seen from Clemson? When it's a game that really matters and it's a championship game and it's prime time um, it, it, it's, not, it's not 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 the pits of the world and not the Syracuse of the world when it's big time championship go time with Dabo and them I trust them full heartedly.
2: last one big 10 Ohio State Wisconsin
0: I, I would say this one I feel the least confident about with all of them because I think Wisconsin is one of the most consistent teams in the country and I love what Jim Leonard has done defensively I love it I absolutely love the way they disguise pre uh, pre-snap and confuse quarterbacks and, you know, this will be harder with t- without tempo, but here's the thing with Ohio State. They're up, they're down, they're very inconsistent. JT Barrett, when he's in there, again, it's his legs that they count on most. He, can't, he did have surgery on Sunday. I mean, how much is he going to give you? I think you're going to see Haskins more and, by the way, the offense looked pretty good with him at QB. I think the Buckeyes are a lot more talented, but I do like Wisconsin and they got something going this year And and Ohio State's linebackers, they, they drive you crazy when you watch them on tape. Very undisciplined, very unsound. Eyes get going where they're not supposed to be. You, you talk about this power run game and multiple gaps they have to fill. I think they might struggle, and, and I think Wisconsin's got a really good chance to knock them off, and I, I guess I'll go. For, for, you know what? For the ranking show purposes, I need I need Wisconsin to lose, so we'll go Ohio State. How about that?
2: Sounds good. The inconsistency, though, of Ohio State, like this is the one where I go. If they win 40-10, to 10, I'm not going to be surprised. And if J.D. doesn't play well, and I'm not even talking about post-surgery here in Wisconsin with that defense, red zone, all that stuff, and they win, I actually I don't think I'm going to be surprised about either one, so I'm still not sure. I've got to pick that one. Who would,
0: you, who would you put in, Ryan, Bama or Ohio State, if it was down to those two teams for the fourth spot? There's
2: no way with an extra loss, even with a conference championship, but 55 at Kinnick, there's no way I'm putting that team in over Alabama. If Alabama was as bad as everybody who makes the anti-Alabama argument wants to make, they wouldn't have been 11-0. and
0: Yep. I agree. And, you know, what's interesting is when we talk about injuries and the committee looks at that stuff realistically, Alabama's got four weeks, and they'll get both their outside backers back to full strength by the time they're in bowl season. And the best time we saw their defense was week one, and that would be very interesting to see them if they got a chance to get in the playoff.
1: The Ryan Russillo Show. Joe Russillo.
2: We got Vilma here, the Rosillo Show. Let's pick these Conference title games, the weekend preview mm. on the Rusilla Show, brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit us at geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO.
1: First one. The Pac-12, number 10 USC versus number 12 Stanford.
5: Oh, man, it's a tough one. I want, I want to take Stanford so badly because of Bryce Love, because of the running game. Uh, but I remember week two when <clears throat> USC was healthy and they beat up Stanford. And USC is pretty I saw the much quarterback,
2: up. though. I mean, it's a completely different situation now for Stanford, don't you
5: think? Yeah, a well, different quarterback. But I'm just talking about when you look at USC early on, they're, they're resting now. They have some players back. So they remind me of the team that we thought was going to make a title run. And now that they're a little healthy, they went through the whole season, no, no bye week, finally got a bye week. And then now they're playing Stanford. I just feel like the talent is going to take over the team that we thought they were going to be early on in the season. The running game is going to get going. Remember, Stanford couldn't stop the run. That was surprising. Shaw's defense wasn't good early on. So I got to take Stanford.
2: I don't know. No, I got to take USC. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, you got to take USC. Much better team with Costello than what they were in the beginning of the year. Agreed. And even Costello, when I watch him, I go, oh, I don't know. And now, like I thought he was really good against Notre Dame. That was an impressive win. I know everybody wants to knock Notre Dame all the time, which conversely doesn't help USC's cause, because they have the loss to Washington State and a night where it was a disaster, but Darnold was bad in that one, and Mm -hmm. they get house going to South Bend. I wish there was a way I could find a way to talk USC into still being alive in the playoff. I just don't see it now with Notre Dame in the second loss, even if they got the Pac-12 championship, because I'm not sure – there's a ton of separation between any of the conferences. No. I, whoever the best one is, I'm still not sure, and I don't, I don't think it's entirely fair to just say the Pac-12 is so much worse than the rest of these conferences. But I'm with you. I'm going with USC. The SEC number two Auburn versus number six Georgia. Because we have rematches here, yeah, I know how tough it is. And this is especially true in the NFL when you end a regular season, and you may face that team in the playoff again. I mean, what greater motivation than just losing to the team that now maybe is standing your way for playing ago. for a national title? <clears throat> yep. Two weeks ago, you know, I I look at this one a little differently than
5: USC Stanford because Georgia is as talented as Auburn, uh, and you go across the board and at some positions one team is better than the other team. But you know, to when you say as a whole, Auburn and Georgia, they're they're definitely very equally talented. And so I take into account when I lost to the Atlanta Falcons, for example, early on in, in the season, and then we play them now for playoff potential and division potential, uh, division winning the division, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There is a sense of pride by that now goes into the game. Forget scheme. It's just that the fact that you beat me and you beat me up, I'm gonna go out there and I'm looking to kick your butt. You know, I don't care what coach dials up, blitz, no blitz, whatever it is, I'm I'm going 100 miles an hour. So I feel like if Georgia has any sense of pride, leadership, that that is going to be a huge factor going against Auburn, and it's going to be the reason that they win a very
2: close game. All right, I'm going Auburn here. I feel like even though I'm worried, obviously Petway's been out, on Johnson still not sure, Martin gets banged up. It's a big. It's a big. Uh, issue right there it Carrey is I, not petway carry no, on that way i mean we've already moved past but carry yes. on has been so good and then he goes down with that shoulder injury but stidham was so good running the football against alabama things yeah. breaking down on third down there's no reason why he can't do that again i'm just thinking and, about
5: those linebackers that d line my they, they're gonna you think that they were nasty last week and prior
2: weeks before that auburn game man they're they're coming yeah jeff holland everything that, so all right we're gonna run through we got three more of these it's gonna be quicker the ACC. Number one Clemson versus number seven Miami. i would probably figure that out.
5: Yeah, we'll be quick on this. Miami. No, no reasons why. Just Miami. Okay, I got
1: Clemson <laughs> in that one. Here we go. Two more. The Big 12. Number three Oklahoma versus number 11 TCU.
5: Mm, I'm taking uh, Baker Mayfield. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, when you have a Phenomenal quarterback playing at the level he's playing. You got to take that.
2: Uh, as much as I love TCU and their defense, I'm taking Oklahoma. I want to pick one of the teams that already lost. You know, I want to pick Georgia. Going, it's going to be different. That right. motivating factor, things that we're not thinking about. TCU feeling like, hey, we just lost to these guys. Yes. All right. How could they? How can Oklahoma be as motivated as TCU? I don't think it's humanly possible when you're the team that's lost. But I also don't think that anybody can stop Baker Mayfield really. So I, and I don't see it with it. TCU. So I'm yep. going Oklahoma. Last one. The Big Ten.
1: Number four, Wisconsin versus number eight, Ohio State. Yeah, I'm
5: taking Wisconsin. And Wisconsin, to me right now, is the best team in football. Uh, not the most talented. Not not anything that wows you on paper, or wows you on the film. But they play defense just as good as anybody. They run the ball just as good as anybody. Special teams, just as good as anybody. Uh, They are undefeated, which counts for something in my world, and it should count for for something in other people's world. And Ohio State, you don't know what you're going to get. You can get either the Ohio State that rolls on Michigan or the Ohio State that gets rolled on by Iowa. I don't know which one is going to show up, and I'm taking Wisconsin because they've
2: been consistent and they're the best team. I can't believe this is happening. Both of us are actually taking Wisconsin. Ooh. If this one turns into a Buckeye blowout, I'm not going to be surprised yeah. because the Buckeyes are the more talented football team. Agreed. But they're so incredibly inconsistent. The Buckeyes, to me, this year, other than that stretch against Penn State, are a team that is not that good against some opponents and destroys, looks special against inferior opponents. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Actually, Hornibrook hasn't been that good. He, he hasn't. hasn't. The you know, running game has been really good. The running Taylor has been incredible. Their yep. freshman running back. Maybe just a mention, a passing drive-by mention of him being a Heisman candidate. It's not going to happen. He hasn't been talked about enough. But their defense is terrific. So yeah, Wisconsin in a close one. Sure, Ohio State in a blowout. Fine. I got to pick one. I'm going. I can't believe both of us are picking the Badgers, which would maybe block Alabama out of the entire college football playoff. That really would. If, if you had that happen.
3: The
1: Ryan Rossillo Show. Russillo. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I... Have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. The Ryan Rossillo Show.
2: Two pieces of breaking news from two reporters of the ESPN right now. Chris Lowe on ESPN.com reporting that former Tennessee Hall of Fame coach Philip Fulmer will be named the athletic director later today at a press conference. Sources telling that to Chris Lowe It's still being finalized, whether he'll take on the athletic director role on an interim basis through the remainder of the coach search or be named the permanent AD. So we told you at the beginning of the show that's exactly what was going on, power play here, Curry out as he went to the West Coast to go find another coach. He comes back, job is done, and Former wanted this gig, and Former has pulled this thing off, who knows how permanent. The other piece of news here, Jimbo Fisher about halfway through the show today resigns from Florida State. He goes to Texas A&M, and here is a big reason, maybe the reason he leaves Tallahassee. Ten years, $75 million contract for Fisher, which is the richest deal in college football history in terms of total value. Savings about 11-plus, Urban's around 8, depending on how you look at the numbers there, but $75 million, the total value of the contract, Largest deal in college football history. Again, his second. It'll be second or third there in average annual salary.
5: And players shouldn't get paid.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not whew. okay. When it comes to the players getting paid debate, I'm somewhere in between hardline. These guys deserve nothing, and the Bennett brothers calling it slavery. Like I'm somewhere in in, in the middle. <laughs> so let's we could do that topic a little bit later. But I want to talk to yeah. NC State head coach. You got a new deal? Uh, real proud rep of the Wolfpack here on the show, Penzo Performance line. It's Dave Dorn. What's up, man? How are you?
3: Doing great. Thanks for having me. was a tough lead in right there.
2: Well, I don't know if you got jealous. I know you got a new deal, so <laughs> <laughs>
3: wow, seventy-five mil. How about that?
2: Okay, so there's a bunch of stuff that we want to talk about, but I think your story for maybe that people that don't you know know it year to year every single week. But you think about last year, you're five and six. You beat North Carolina, a rival, to get bowl eligible. You win your bowl game against Vandy, and it's seven and six. You know, maybe some thought that is this going to work out for Dave Doran down here and then you get this extension. So how much has this changed for you, kind of the comfort level in just a calendar year?
3: Yeah, it's definitely a different place to be. You know, we've built this program from the bottom, and uh, really proud of our senior class. You know, we had seven all-conference players, and these are guys we played as freshmen four years ago that have just worked and worked and worked, and, fought through it, and a very competitive conference. We've had a bunch of, you know, one-play losses against the Florida States and the Clemsons in the last couple years, and this year we were able to knock Florida State off and down there in their second game, and Jimbo had never lost a home game in his opener uh, and beat Louisville, and, you know, we were 6-1 and at one point in time, and uh, I was blessed to to have the opportunity to continue to be here in Raleigh. Uh, Me and my family love it, and really proud of the culture we're building here.
5: Hey Dave, speaking of that culture, you have one guy that I would have loved to play with Bradley Chubb. I I think he's a special player, uh, but more importantly, he has, you know, these antics on the field and they're actually good antics uh, that I laugh at it because I'm like, man, I'd love to play with a guy like that. What has he been to the program and how has he been special?
3: You know, he got here. He was a 230 sometime linebacker defensive end and, uh, he worked himself into playing on the D-line, you know, played special teams, rotated a little bit at backer as a freshman. We moved him to defensive end that spring, and he just bought into it, and he works as hard as everybody in the building. He's the first one in. Uh, he loves the game. He practices with passion. He has fun playing it, and uh, he's maybe one of the most competitive and heated guys around. And, and then off the field, he's, you know, one of the nicest, most well-mannered Uh, guys will be around great family and there's nothing about him you don't love you know and and everything that he does you know i know he gets carried away at times it's just because the guys Mm -hmm. just got so much passion you know for playing football and having fun and the brotherhood that comes with it
2: i'm sure when we reached out and like hey those guys want to talk nc state the whole time and we're like well there might be some other questions too what what can you tell us dave we're talking with dave doran here the head coach nc state what happened with your your talks, your involvement with potentially taking the Tennessee job and then deciding to stay at NC State?
3: You know, uh, it was a great opportunity. Uh, we talked about it with them and, and talked about it as a family, and we love it here. Uh, I've got three sons that love their schools. My wife has great friends. I like my players. We've got a really good recruiting class. And just uh, the, the thought of leaving all of the stuff that we've done here uh, and starting over somewhere that has obviously uh, some things going on that are little bit out of control. You're just weighing the positives and the negatives. And and I just said, I love it here. And my kids said they do too. And my athletic director and chancellor gave me a chance to get a five-year contract to continue to build what we think is something special here in Raleigh. And there's no way I wanted to walk away from that. You know, I just feel like I'm home right now. And I don't think you leave somewhere that you love uh, just to go somewhere that has history. You know, you got to feel really, really confident about what you're walking into. And I feel more confident about where I am.
2: I don't know if you're kind of referencing there, but how much of the messiness with the Shiano deal did that, how much did that impact what kind of decision you would make when offered this job?
3: Well, I think you have to look at everything. And for for us, it always starts with our kids. And uh, I got a senior in high school, a sophomore in high school, and a sixth grade boy. They're all boys. And, you know, just – I don't know the right word to say it, but just the comfort level that I was concerned about them having in their schools even, and uh, the welcome that uh, coaches may or may not get. You know, you don't know what to believe and what not to believe, um, but I know what we have, and I don't think you risk something that you have for something that you're not sure of unless you don't have a job, you know, and I have a great job and I loved it. And they gave me an opportunity to have security here and that's all I wanted.
5: Dave, when you met with uh, John Curry, former Tennessee Athletic Director, did you get a sense of the uncertainty that was going on? Were you aware that there may be something <laughs> above you where they, uh, the AD may be out of there?
3: You just don't know. I mean, obviously in conversations like that, you're, you're being sold the opportunity. And, you know, I talked to him and, and uh, Coach Fulmer both, and I think you could sense that everybody wanted that place to get back on their feet, and they were embarrassed about you know, kind of where they were. And uh, I didn't sense, you know, animosity between anybody. I mean, you just could feel a a bunch of people that really wanted to get back to where they used to be. Um, But I wasn't really trying to analyze their friendship as much as I was what I wanted and, you know, what my family wanted and what my children wanted.
2: Yeah, it looks like um, the kids may have won this vote for all the disappointed ball fans out there. But, hey, this has been a real fun season. It's a very talented team. And I'm so glad that Vilma mentioned Chubb, which I'm not too too shocked by because I love watching him. <laughs> play I love linebacker. watching Chubb. Yeah, so I'm awesome. actually
3: in Charlotte here getting ready. He's getting ACC Defensive Player of the Year award tonight here in Charlotte, so I'm getting ready to go meet him and uh, celebrate that with him and his family. Yeah.
5: Well, yeah, tell him congrats for us, man. He, he was a special player.
3: Is yeah, I will. I'll tell him you said that. That'll mean a lot to him. Dave, um, don't be
2: jealous of that Jimbo deal. You got a nice little extension yourself there, so congrats. Uh, I'm on not everything. jealous
3: at all. I'm happy for him. You <laughs> know? I think Jimbo's a great coach, and uh, he's worked his butt off and built a great program himself. And you know, obviously, he feels like it's a great opportunity, so I'm happy for Jimbo.
2: Absolutely, man, and uh, be proud of your season this year as well. and the bowl game coming up, so thanks a lot, Dave.
3: I uh, appreciate it, and
1: go pack. The Ryan Rosillo Show.
2: We got. Jonathan Vilma, and Teddy Bruschi. Last time you guys were here, it was unbelievable. You guys just kind of going back and forth. I think we were just doing what? Which quarterbacks you could figure out?
6: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot of that. Um, then it evolved. Tougher, tough guys In to there. go up against, things like that. It was sort of like a, a backer chapter here. Uh, all right, I want to do it again. Because is <laughs>
2: your chapter. is yeah. your <laughs> position, like all those pads, hoping to get up to like 260, Wait, I know, all pads. Wait, wait, wait all well, pads. throwing
5: all first, of pads. First of all, I never oh. wanted to have a lot of pads, and I never wanted to get up to 260, So it was speed. Speed kills.
6: Yeah. And and especially when for me, the longer I got in my career, the more I wanted to lose weight. Because you get a little bit slower as you get into twelfth, thirteenth year. So if I drop and streamline about five pounds, that might help me add a little bit of quickness. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Wait, here's my question though is yeah. that is your position becoming extinct
6: No no not if you're the right type of player there I mean yeah. you you got to have speed the coverage skills now are much more important than you know back in when I played or I mean Jonathan was a great coverage linebacker he had a lot of speed a lot I think he could survive today every single down I think I think me in my prime I could also but as I got I mean I started to use my mind a little bit more if I had to cover and I and you can use that by saying, I was armed with various calls to my outside linebackers or defensive linemen that if I had, say, Marshall Falk on an, at an offset position for me and I got him in man-to-man coverage, I would tell my outside linebacker or my edge rusher, Butch. And that means you have to hit him as he releases before you go into your rush. Do you experience some animosity from your edge rushers absolutely because they want sacks right Mm -hmm. but it's like you want to win hit him willie and i'm you like willie mcginnis we have arguments or something like that hit him butch brew butch do it now you know you got to do it because that cover on him for me is and conceptually is more important than you your percentages of getting a quarterback sack based on you may get blocked. It may take you too long to get there, get out there. Marshall Falk, you know, various, cover- Curtis Martin, those type of guys that had to go up against, It was they were they were like number one on the list. So we had to take care of those guys. And if I'm slowing down a little bit and you tell me you got to get him man-to-man, I'm making them think I'm blitzing. I'm using a little butch on the outside. I'm messing with their mind as I cover them. You know them what, in the man.
5: what's funny is you asked about the extinct – Uh, our position being extinct. What I've noticed uh, the past few seasons is that they're not, they as in D coordinators are not allowing their linebackers to make these type of calls. Like I remember, like you just said, we used to call it hit and take the butch. uh, If I had Marshall or Kevin Falk, be like, Hey, hit him, hit hit him or, or take and I'll add on on the edge. And I I go to the sideline, Greg Williams, whoever was my D corner at the time, Hey, what'd you call? Why'd you do that? I tell them why I say, okay, done, move on. I don't see that happening now. I don't see the coordinators giving the backers that leeway anymore. I feel like they're, they're becoming too paranoid about having control or letting go of control. Mm. So now you're seeing a lot of these things. Like we're, I'll watch it. I'm watching the game and I'm saying, man, why doesn't he just make a call? Make, yeah. a, make a stunt, make the D line do something right here. So you can go and make that play or you can get the D line going it's not happening. Have you noticed that? I've noticed. Yeah. That. I, I just feel like they're not giving them the reins, man. They're on the field. They see the game the way you see the game. Let
6: them go. I think, I think that way, especially in the red area sometimes when there's that offset back right there and there's yes. a tight receiver. You know he's going to the flat. On, man. Just make, make a call. call. Make a make call. Yeah. But as, as fast, I think as fast as an athletic as they try to get at the linebacker position, sometimes you have to get so much younger. And then so you get a younger player in there, and now sometimes younger players, they don't feel like they can freelance. It's what I'm told, and it's what I have to be, and they're almost robotic at times. So you have to have that also. I mean, with Belichick, I didn't feel I could freelance initially until I showed him Teddy knows what to do. I can do that. I can, if it was back then, it was two gap. I know which gap I have. Here comes the guard. Now I swim him. I slip him and I take one I take one side that I'm able to stack back inside and still be in my gap. Uh, and he looks at me and says, "Well, that's not the way we coach it." But you made but, the play. But you made the play. Good job. So right. you, you you take it, you better make it. Things like that. A lot of a lot of teams, I'd say especially sometimes with those coaches that are that have that pedigree, some younger players are, they're scared to take chances sometimes because coach tells me one thing and that's what I'm going to do.
5: Yeah, I don't like that, man. That the old school coaches that have been around were like Billichek. If you take it, you better make it. And mm-hmm. if you make it, I'm not gonna say a word. But if you don't, then i am I'm, I'm gonna, you know, chew you out, whatever it is. But yeah. they give they give the guys a leeway, man. You get you got to.
6: But I'll say this I mean, Bobby Wagner, love him. Luke Keekley uh Smith in Jacksonville. Yep. a lot of Levante David. I mean, there are a lot of great Florida State kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of great. Well, I mean,
2: for Jacksonville, yeah, right? a lot of great yeah. Uh,
6: players. Yeah, a lot of great players that can be. They're, they're sort of that. I say new age. I guess that's the term now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because when I ask that question, I look at some of these thinner. Faster, and then some of these hybrid safeties that are linebackers, and it's almost like if you can play with like a third safety who can like be a Arizona more physical. They yeah. Rob Buchanan, Dalvin down yeah, down Buchanan, yeah, right.
6: Mark Barron in right. Los Angeles. Exactly. Uh,
2: so yeah, the Rams. When you guys were playing, and you're talking about these calls and all the things you're thinking about, who was the skill position guy, non-quarterback that that scared you the most? Or you felt like you constantly like it just changed tight the end. way your Sunday went. The tight end. If they had a stud tight
5: end, I was always who? Con- Give me a name. Tony Gonzalez.
6: Yeah, uh yeah, absolutely. Tony Why? Gonzalez. Even in, in um in Indy, how they used Pollard, I think, at times. Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark. Yeah. yeah. Dallas Clark, the kid yeah. out of Iowa. Yeah, kid what was Iowa. the
2: problem yeah. with him? Great
5: hands? Great hands, great route running. And the problem is that you so if you take a receiver, if you want to eliminate a receiver, you can put skill corner, skill safety on him. Right? Or you, you can you can match it up and then you eliminate him and it's outside. For the linebacker, for the tight end position, the linebacker has to be. If you're going to truly eliminate the tight end without involving corners and completely changing your defense, the linebacker has to be involved. Linebacker mm-hmm. safety combination to truly eliminate them, right? So, the I was always worried back then. Tony Gonzalez was with the Falcons, and he was still still really good. And so I was always worried because yes, the safety can come down, but what does the safety have to do? Also play run. So if you tell a corner, hey. Cat coverage. That's your guy. Yeah, that's it. Yep. He's done. Don't don't ever think that he's ever going to help on a tall sweep or anything. That's cat coverage. He's out of there. Safety still has to, you know, pay attention to the run. So now they do a little play action, just that little bit. You know how it is, Bruce. You just yeah. just that little. Oh. Eyes in the wrong place, and now this tight end is streaking down. Even if you have the double, someone has to count for him at first before you can get the next guy there. And that was always a tough matchup.
6: And those those third down backs too. I mean, uh, you, Kevin a lot Falk. of time. yeah, Kevin Falk. Yep. Um, uh, shoot, shoot. Who am I thinking about? Who am I thinking about? Uh, you had a good one in, in, in with the Jets. Leon, I think it was a short. Leon Washington. Yeah, Leon, yeah, when they Florida put him State. in the backfield yep. on third down, I yep. was like, Oh man. <laughs> he, he was a tough <laughs> oh, man tough he was, so, man. Hey, hey, coach. He was a tough one. Okay, I know. I'm still playing every down. It's like, man, I gotta get on this guy right here. It's those little quick quick backs where you gotta start using that creativity to make them think before they get on the route. Yeah. Very difficult to do. Yeah.
2: So so when you watch today, you're saying, Vilma, you don't see those calls. You don't see those. I don't see
5: anymore. because like watching watching Brewski, back then I would watch Brewski.
2: I would watch Zach Thomas. What did you see out of Brewski watch, that you Ray, liked when you watched tape of Brewski? Demonstrative. You,
5: you, you're, when you're watching film, you're watching a Sunday night, Monday night game, whatever it is, you know who's in charge. Brewski was in charge. Zach Thomas was in charge. Ray Lou, they were in charge. You would see them, hey, you do this. You do, Like he said, you see him pointing, hey, go, 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 do whatever it is that you're supposed to do. And I don't see that from the backer, So I can't say they're not making the calls, mm-hmm. but I know what it looks like. When they when they are making calls. And I know right. it looks like when when they're in charge, and then you go on the sideline and it's a quick conversation. It's like, hey, what happened? what did you see? And you can see it on the sideline. Bruce can say, Hey, I saw this, this, this. Yeah. We're done.
6: And you get you get mad respect as a patriot for another player when Belichick talks about them in the Wednesday team meeting. And you know, it doesn't happen a lot of times. He'll he'll go over goals like our three things you gotta do on defense is win on third down. Double the tight end and set the edge in the running game. He'll give you like three goals or something like that, and then he'll go over to the offense and give them three goals. But when he brings up a player and says, "Watch this guy on film," he's sometimes there's a Who big there's up? a big three, and we talked about Vilma. And Vilma, there. So Vilma was there. that good in yeah. your eyes. Vilma was that. I'd watch, I wasn't
5: that good in your eyes, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what the sometimes hell? Sometimes I would watch him. Wait, wait I would, hold on. Teddy. <laughs> I, need, I need this question answered. He was Teddy was definitely good in your like, eyes. Yeah, no, no, I that, was not that good in your eyes, right? I thought
2: you were awesome, Vilma. Are you can you know, no. Uh, no we we'll have this I, conversation. No, I wanted. Whereas me as a host, we Teeing break. up Brusky, like <laughs> emphasizing because you guys like pointing out that that was a rarity for you guys. So, what mm. would you guys say about him?
6: Oh, um Vilma. Belichick. Yeah. Oh, well, he talk about knowledge. He talk about sideline to sideline things like that. Uh, ability. Like you. You're not. Almost, gonna, you
2: can't
5: soften me. Up ability for of
6: me. man. You got like a. You got like a running back out there playing linebacker. Talk about how skilled he was. I mean, I would. I would watch him too, thinking, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could run like that because I mean, I wasn't the fastest or anything like that. It was like watching that on film. Yeah. yeah, but
2: the grit, Teddy. Don't forget. The <laughs> the grit. He had hey, a little I can He had a little boat, man. Drunk. Come on. <laughs> are you kidding <laughs> me? Um, you guys are awesome, man. I wish we could do that every week.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan
0: Rossillo Show podcast.